Hey, what is up, guys? Uh, it is the Trivia Guy. Thanks for uh, tuning into another episode of The Issue. Check us out Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, if you like the show, awesome. Tell a friend. Um, spread it out. Spread out word of mouth here. Um, if not, just relax. It's not a big deal. Don't tell a friend. Go about your day. Um, but hey, check out our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast or our Twitter is just at the issue podcast. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is the issue. It is Friday, October 23rd. And, uh, you know, we have a our first distance episode uh, here in the news studio. Tim is with me on the phone. Tim, what's going yeah, on? I'm here on the phone, but uh, still excited, you know. We're on a little bit of a Skype right now. I'll still be able to see each other. Um, so it kind of works out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're still going to get you guys a pretty good episode today. We have our thoughts from Thursday Night Football. Um, you know, kind of a crappy game, but but definitely stuff to yeah, talk it about. Was, it was like entertaining, though, because they're both, not, I don't, don't want to say equally bad, because I think the Eagles are better than the Giants, but... Um, you know, two two teams that aren't that good, but they they played well against each other. You know, they did. It, it was a good matchup. They did match up well. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll get we'll get into that a little bit more. But then after we get into that, we're gonna do. I want to talk a little bit of, uh, on a rant here about some some quarterbacks from this past week um, and this coming week with Wentz and uh, some guys checking if I was right or wrong, saying if if uh, people were gonna be good or not. So. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to get into some news, some MLB, um, World Series, tied at one. Uh, and then we'll get into our Sunday predictions. And then finally, we'll do a little discussion on uh, MLB and steroid use. Yeah, that's all coming up later in the episode. Um, that stuff will come up after our break. But uh, to start things off, um, we're going to start off with what we thought about Thursday night football. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said... I thought it was a, a really ugly win for for the Eagles, um, but kind of a good loss for the Giants. You know, despite the loss, it wasn't the worst game. Daniel Jones with no running game. Um, he threw for 190 yards, two touchdowns. The one pick was off a, a tipped ball that should have been caught. Yeah. Um, and a 92 QBR, and that was with an offensive line and no running game. You know, Daniel Jones is the leading rusher with 94 yards. You see that? Uh, you know, he, I'm pretty sure everybody saw the clip of him uh, getting uh, tackled by the turf monster there all by oh, himself. Oh, man, that was, that was tough. You know, because <laughs> he had almost triple the amount of rushing yards as the next closest teammate. You know, so he was their whole rushing game, too. And yeah. if he doesn't trip, this is a completely different discussion. It's right. a completely different outcome of the game. The Giants win you know, if he, he was, doesn't trip. He was one misstep away from going on the road versus a better team in prime time and win. Yeah. Um, and if Evan, if Evan Ingram doesn't drop two balls, one leading to an INT and the other one being uh, late in the game, Daniel Jones would have led his team into Philly and beat Carson Wentz, who was also pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, Carson Wentz looked really good. That's one of yeah, the. I mean, that's one he, of the main takeaways. I mean, he fought hard. Yeah. He fought yeah, hard. That's what I was going to say. The fighting, you know, um, his tenacity. Yeah, he only he only completed fifty eight percent of his throws, but he gutted that win out three hundred sixty yards, three total touchdowns, QBR ninety one. Yeah, I mean when when I knew the Eagles were going to get the ball back with that amount of time left, I honestly did not have much much doubt that Carson Wentz was going to be able to lead that team all the way back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I think he's one of the better closers in the league. You know, I, I wouldn't call him you know at the Russell Wilson, Tom Brady level. You know, obviously those are those are guys in a category of their own. 
Yeah. But Carson's got some fight to him. You know, I would say he's got more fight than a guy like Aaron Rodgers and the entire um, some, the, other, some other guys like that. The entire Cowboys defense. <laughs> yeah, the entire Cowboys team in general. Yeah. You know, I, I think Dak can kind of um, get his team back into it early in the fourth quarter. We see a lot of those garbage time fourth quarter um, yards. You know, he's second in the league in fourth quarter yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's when it doesn't even get to that last drive for Dak. You, you can't close, you know, so... I think Carson Wentz, that's where he excels. So I'm with you. I didn't have any doubt, really. No, yeah. But, uh, I mean, overall on the game, I mean, I thought New York kind of looked really bad, but Philly looked really bad to start. Um, I mean, going through there, I mean, what was the score at halftime? Do you have the box score pulled it was, up? Yeah, it was uh, 10 to 3, Phil, or 10, no, 10 7 at halftime. I'm sorry. 10 to 7, Philadelphia was up at halftime. But then New York scored. Um, the next two touchdowns, one in the third and then one early in the fourth. It was it was a twenty one to ten ball game. Yeah, um, and then Wentz let him back. It was just a very it was very odd. I mean, I don't it know. It was weird. You know, I, I expected a close game, but I didn't expect um, New York to be that out in front at one point. Yeah, I was flipping. I was flipping through the channels, and and I I was keeping a close eye on that game all night. Of course, there were some other things on TV that you know that, that I was watching and. And the presidential debate last one was last night, and, and that kind of took some time uh, away from Thursday night football. But I was definitely keeping track of the game and, and flipping back and forth. And I mean, to, when I turned the TV on, it was twenty one ten, and New York was in the in the lead. And I was like, really? <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. But um, I mean, the way Philadelphia fought back, I think I texted you, um, and I was like, look, man, this is just showing how bad Philadelphia actually actually is. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It shows that they're not a great team, and we having to win our uh, to win the division in our predictions. I think that's honestly because I, I still kind of think that's going to happen because of how bad the rest of the division is. I don't think it's a credit to Philly as much as it is saying that division's terrible, top to bottom. That the Giants can't play football. That the, that the the Washington football team is not good at all, and then Dallas looks like a tire fire. So I mean, every single team in that division is a tire fire as of right now. I mean, I yeah, think, I agree. I mean, I, like I said, I think the good thing about Philly, you know, wins a win. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. You can only you can only do so much. You gotta beat the teams on your schedule, and and they did that last night. So you gotta give them a little bit of credit. But yeah, no, they're not a good, not a great football team. No, yeah. Did you see the graphic of? Uh, I don't know where it was posted, but I saw it on Instagram today. That I for, it was like the Steelers. Every football team with five wins right now in in the oh, yeah. NFL. Okay, so like the five and one teams, the five and zero teams. Yeah, and so we got what the Ravens, um, the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Titans, the Bears. Um, yeah, the Bears of uh, Seattle. Seattle, and it was it was a graphic of all these teams, and it's like all these teams have as many wins as the NFC East does combined. Because right yeah, now, yeah, it's insane. Right now, combined, the entire NFC East division has five wins and eighteen losses. <laughs> like, it's wow, just, that's insane, and a tie. Yeah, I mean it's the worst. Yeah. It's the worst division in football by far. I don't think it's even close to being debatable at this point. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um. All right, I'm going to get into a little bit more on um, Carson Wentz, but I also want to talk about other quarterbacks. So, um, you know, I sometimes like to check. We like we checked with our uh, with our predictions for the divisions. We did. We went back and said, all right, how right were we? How wrong were we? You know, that type of thing. Yeah. So I'm going to do that um, with the quarterbacks. So going into the year, I was kind of saying, all right, well, I think these quarterbacks are going to excel. These ones, you know, probably won't, but people think they will. You know, kind of 
going against mainstream media, what I thought. Um, so we'll, we'll just start right here. Carson Wentz, I, uh, here, here are the guys that I love that, you know, people doubted. Um, Carson Wentz, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, Jared Goff, and Kirk Cousins. So let's see how many that I was right about. Um, okay, wait, that's right, I was four for five. So we'll go through Carson Wentz again last night, proved his greatness. He put the team on his back. Um, he had draw passes left and right. Deshaun Jackson's made of glass. Boston Scott was his best running back. Travis Fulgham, who got cut by Detroit, who was terrible. Um, and now all of a sudden Fulgham is his number one target. Oh, and Zach Ertz was out. So, you know, every target was out. His running back didn't – I don't know what happened with Miles Sanders. He didn't play, though, I don't think. Every time I watched, I saw um, Boston Scott in the, in the game. And yet he, he willed his team to, to a victory. And I know he's not played the best, but, hey, he's at the top of his division right now, and that's pretty much all you can ask for. Um, all right, Derek Carr. Um, so they're 3-2. and two. He just beat Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Carr, since John Gruden's been there, is 32 touchdowns, 9 picks, 106 QBR. Uh, I mean, that's really good. Derek Carr, the top 10 to 12 guy, and I, I've been right. Um, Teddy Bridgewater said he's a great, you know, 15th to 20th best quarterback right now, and he's right in that range. You know, people said he's not even that. He's about a 25th best quarterback. So, no, he's about the 18th, 19th, 20th best quarterback. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and so far he has been, and with uh, no defense and a rebuilding offensive line, um, he's been good. They're, they've been 3-3. Three and three. They're, I think, second in the division, or at least tied for that. Um, so he's been good. And then Jared Goff. Um, you know, his team's 4-2. and two. He's playing really well. He's completing uh, 67% of his throws, so not bad at all. Uh, 1,500. We're almost 1,600 yards. Um, Ten touchdowns, four picks, adds two rushing touchdowns. You know, oh, he's in. He's been to a Super Bowl. Um, and now I did, I did miss on Kirk Cousins. I said he's not that bad. He's been bad for a bad team, and it really doesn't look like there's that much hope. You know, he's just been a bad quarterback. So now let's look at some guys that I thought were average to below average that were deemed to be good and above average quarterbacks, right? Guys that people were saying, oh, they're going to be really, really good. They're great. Um, and I said, eh, pump the brakes a little bit, right? Right. Um, so Baker Mayfield. Mm, you're right there. Could not have been more right. You know, he is now beginning to not only hurt the team, but be a cause of some losing. Um, you know, it could be worse. You know, they're 4-2, so it could be way worse for him. But I do think it's clear that he's not the guy and that he's more of a liability than an asset to that football team. I would definitely agree with that. There's no question in my mind that you're 100% right right there. Yeah, I mean, it's just that he's not terrible. You know, he's still maybe 21st, 22nd best quarterback, but that's not good. And it's not what that team needs. That team yeah. needs a good managing quarterback like a Teddy Bridgewater who is the you know 15th to 20th best quarterback. Okay, so I have a question for you then. Okay. So because I mean we both listen to Colin Coward, right? He's he's one of yeah. our he's one of our idols. He's we kind of model the show after a, a, a couple of guys. Some of the things. Yeah. A, a couple of guys in sports radio and just radio in general and and we try to take some of those ideas bring it on the show. Um and I know that he thinks that Baker Mayfield, okay, is not a not a great quarterback, but he says he's a franchise quarterback. Do you still believe that Baker Mayfield can be a franchise quarterback, even with what we've seen from him? I do not, no. I don't think he can be. I think, look, the offensive line, their offensive line is, so far this year, playing in a top, I think they're in the top seven-ish of offensive lines. So you can't can't bang on that. 
look at his weapons. Odell Beckham Jr., yeah, he could be a little bit crazy. I'm not a huge fan of him. He's talented. Jarvis Landry's really talented. Austin Hooper, great tight end. David Njoku is a very, very talented tight end. Nick Chubb, well, he's hurt, but still, Kareem Hunt is still a really, really good option in the backfield. Um, and then defensively, yeah, their back end's not great, but their defensive line's pretty good. He finally has a coach that can utilize him correctly, and yet, you know, he's still making the same mistakes. He hasn't showed progression. I know it's a new system, but he hasn't shown any progression. I think this is a big year for him. And I don't think, I don't know if they're 100% ready to move off of him yet, but I mean, after this year, if he, he can't step it up, I think he'll be looking for work elsewhere. And I think he might get another chance to be a franchise guy yeah. elsewhere, but I don't think in the long run he's going to be a franchise option at success. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. Um, all right. So we'll keep going here. Um, I didn't think that Dak was going to be um, all that good. And yes, you know, I, I'm aware he's hurt. Okay, but they were two and three with him, so not all that great. And they probably should have been one and four if Andy Dalton doesn't save the day against the Giants. Um, I mean his stats they were empty. I proved it the other day, you know. Um they were he was like towards the bottom of the league in offense. Like his offense that he ran was towards the bottom of the league in first half points, first half yards, etc. But they were really, really good in the fourth, third and fourth. Right. Um so they were a, a lot of empty stats and they beat crappy teams and it, they weren't even that convincing of victories. You know, I still think he's a top 12 quarterback, but the problem is he's asking for top two to three money, and that's where my issues were. Yeah. Um, okay, Lamar. Now, I think Lamar is a top 10 quarterback, but even though they're 5-1, and one, Lamar's been bad. Statistically, he has zero weeks in the top three um, of quarterbacks, and he has three weeks outside of the top 15. So that's half his season that he's been outside the top 15 in quarterbacks. You know, he just hasn't been good at throwing the football. His passes, they look lackluster. They lack zip, spiral, tempo, accuracy. It's just that simple. Um, Mitch Trubisky, I think everyone called that, though, so I'm not really going to get into it. You know, I said he's not the right guy. I think everyone, though, kind of figured that. Um, all right, let's go Matt Ryan. You know, I said Matt Ryan, he has been a good quarterback, but going forward, I think he, you know, it could be an issue in an improving division. Um, you know, he just really can't move all the same and is – the zip on his ball just hasn't been the same. You know, he's a slightly more athletic Philip Rivers, what I think. And uh, I think that Ryan's probably close to being done. He might have another year. Um, even though he looked good this week, I I'm not sure going forward he's going to be the option there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so where I was wrong was Ryan Tannehill. I don't know if I said that in the first when no. I was reading him off, but uh, Ryan Tannehill, right? Um, I said that he was going to be worse than some people were hyping him up to be, but he's been a top-seven quarterback. You know, he's done nothing but perform, and he, he's been putting his team in a fantastic position to win the football game. You know, that's pretty much all you can ask for from um, from Ryan Tannehill. Came in with little expectations, and he's putting his team in a position to win every single week, and he's done that. So, I mean, it's hard to hard to dispute that. Yeah. So I was 5 for 6 on this, and I was 4 for 5 on the other one. So I, I batted, um, you know, 800 there. So not, not too bad. That's yeah, not bad at all. Um the thing about Ryan Tannehill, I think I agree with you uh, that he's been, you know, one of the most dominant quarterbacks in the league uh, so far this year. But I think this week coming up is actually going to be a really big test just to see how good he is. I mean, oh, absolutely against the Pittsburgh defense, against the against those pass rushers. I mean, you have Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, uh, Cam Hayward, and Stephon Tuitt, and then. I mean, even that linebacking core, the Steelers send. They do a great job at sending multiple, uh, like 
package blitz. Yeah, um, they, they, they give you multiple looks, and it's a lot to look at for a quarterback. And I know Ryan Tannehill's been in the league a little bit, but at the end of the day, he's only been a quarterback since for like like into colleges when he became a quarterback. So it takes time. And uh, it's not always second nature. And I know, yes, he's been in the league a while, and I think he'll be able to diagnose a lot of their blitzes. But, you know, sometimes the defense is just going to get the better of you. Right. I think it'll and be. I think even without Devin Bush, we have a lot of depth. We'll be all right. I will be all right. I think it'll be very interesting to see how he fare how he fares against the Steelers and against I would say the top defense in the in the NFL right now. Oh, I, there's no I doubt in my think mind. There's you know I, I don't think many people can argue that. Um, yeah. Giving up seven points to Cleveland, a pick six from Minka. Like, I mean, come on, you know they they're firing they're on really, all cylinders right now. Yeah, they're a really good team, and even against Deshaun Watson and the Texans, I know we could say that Texans aren't a great team, but their offense is pretty solid. Deshaun Watson, solid. Yeah. Um, got Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, David Johnson. He's got decent weapons. Um, so I mean, they're, I think they're a legit defense, but I think it's going to show. It's a big. It's a big week for the Steelers' defense because it's going to show if they're you know pretenders or if they're for for real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's going to be a big week for Tannehill for the same reason. It's going to show is he is he really a top ten quarterback. Is he really a top seven, six quarterback? Yeah. Um, we're going to see. I mean, it's just this week, you look around at the games that we have coming up uh, for Sunday. Uh, I'm pretty excited for these predictions coming up later in the episode, honestly. Oh, absolutely. I'm very excited. But uh, now we'll get to some news here. Yeah, some some big news for football, some college football. Yeah. Big Ten football is back. It's great for the conference, great for everyone, great for the players. I love it. Oh, yeah. Um. You know, we always say don't bet college football unless you're willing to lose a lot of money. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, you know, we've seen that, not, not good. We've seen that be evident a lot this year. I mean, tons of upsets already, and, I mean, there's just probably going to be more with, with this Big Ten starting up, and especially with, like, teams that really rely on home field advantage and rely on their crowd being being there and being noisy. Yeah, you look at a team like Penn State. Yep. You never know. You have a team like, I don't I haven't looked at their schedule, but, team like Iowa comes in there who's beaten them before, plays them tough, plays everyone tough. Michigan State usually, even. Usually Iowa going to Penn State, I'll take Penn State all day, but you never know without the crowd. Yeah, and there's no whiteout this year. There's no whiteout game. Nothing nothing to help Penn State out uh, yeah. crowd-wise. But I know Penn State does start off against Indiana tomorrow. And, uh, That'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch tonight after there's a game. Um, it is Wisconsin and Illinois. Mm. Um, I'm excited to see Wisconsin. Uh, I think Graham Mertz is probably going to get the start. Maybe yeah. um, he's a second-year guy uh, in, in that in that system because they had Jack Cohn. I'm not 100 percent sure if they're going to start. I'm going to check that out. But uh, what do you think about that game? I think it's. A t- I mean, ugh. I I can't even begin to like give predictions for college football because just how like crazy it has been like thus far. Oh, I, 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 couldn't agree more. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't know. Who? What, okay, what, so what do you think? Here, Jack Cohn is out with a foot injury, Ooh. so uh, Graham Mertz will start. Okay, so what do you think based off of that? I'm excited to see Graham Mertz play. I don't really know so who how do, great he is. Who gets the win, though, um, in your mind? Sorry, a little pop-up ad there. No, you're good. Um, who do I think wins? I think Wisconsin wins. I think they're just a better football team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Illinois is good. I think they're heading in the right direction, but I think Wisconsin is just a really good football team. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to bet against Wisconsin, but then again, Illinois hasn't been terrible. They don't, they had, I think, one of the top recruiting classes. I think I saw that somewhere, like recently, 
With yeah. a, it was either last year or the year before. They had a really, really strong recruiting class. Once they start aging, getting up there, learning the system more, I don't know. Um, yeah, but I, I just think Wisconsin right now is going to be better. Yeah. Um, all right, see, let's go. Um, some more news here. Um, Matt Blair of the Vikings, I think he was a six-time Pro Bowler. He died. He was 70. Um, you know, condolences to him and his family. Um, but I actually don't don't know a lot about him. But uh, like I said, linebacker, I think, for the Vikings, he was about 70. Six-time Pro Bowler, so pretty good, pretty good. Very good player. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, here, let's get into uh, to some baseball, yeah? Absolutely. Uh-huh. The World Series is knotted at one. You know, it felt good to see the Rays get that first win. It really did. It did. It really did. Um, I just thought with Blake Snell going against Tony Gonzalez, I think I predicted um, that to be the case, and uh, I don't. You know, I thought that was a pretty good, pretty good prediction. I, I just like Blake Snell going out there and pitching a good game. It seemed like the Dodgers were almost conceding the fact that uh, they'll just kind of take the loss on that one and uh, save some pitching and just kind of gear up going forward you know well i mean it's all strategy at this point i mean it's not like you have to save any it's not like you have to save anybody for you know an upcoming series this is it so throw your best guys um but also at the same time look you know you're one of they're pitching their ace you're not you don't have your ace ready so i feel like the dodgers kind of said all right gonzalin kind of go you know see what you could do but if you can't get it done it's really not a big deal they didn't pitch great guys out of the pen um, seemed like they were kind of just saying, look, we have Walker Bueller going game three. Um, we like our chances there. We're going to have our full slate of relievers. Uh, I, I kind of like what they're doing, and it's I think it's going to set them up really nice. So are both starting pitchers released yet for the uh, th- for game three? or I know it? Walker Bueller is going um, for the Dodgers. Yeah, who do, do the Rays have anybody up yet? For the Rays. I yeah, check think, out. okay, they... Um, are going to have Charlie Morton going. Oh, wow. Okay. So, Chuck Morton, who's been outstanding, 3-0 and with a .570 RA so far this postseason, been phenomenal. So, this is going to be a really, really good game to watch. I'm, I'm really excited. You know, it's a Friday night, got all the homework done, and, uh, you know, excited to just sit, maybe get a pizza and just watch this pitcher's duel because it's going to be wildly entertaining yeah so who do you have tonight who, who are you uh who are you taking so hard to bet against Charlie Morton but it is not an elimination game and that's usually where I he, you know he has the advantage um I'm gonna go Walker Bueller and the Dodgers tonight I just think Walker Bueller's just really really good yeah um the only thing I do like though is Tampa Bay's got a lot of lefty bats um you know you got Brandon Lau Joey Wendell um Austin Meadows G-Man Choi, Kevin Kiermeyer. Um, so they got a lot of left-handed bats, and I think, you know, if you're going to beat Bueller, that's that's probably the best way to do it. You know, his, his slider, his slider, uh, ready on ready, is insane. So, um, I, but I do, I still think that he's going to be good enough to win the game, and I still think that the, uh, the Dodgers win. Okay. Um, for me, I know it's hard to bet against the Dodgers, um, especially with you know the type of offense they have on top of you know uh, Walker Bueller pitching tonight and, and and being so dominant, I know it's really hard to go against it, but I am going to go against it because one, I like Morton. Two, the Tampa Bay Rays are a very momentum team. They very yeah. momentum based team. If they 
they get the win in game two, I think that carries over. I think they come I out. Think they're gonna think they're gonna rattle off two straight. All right. I do, but I think it's not gonna be close. I think it's gonna or I. You think it is gonna be close? Yeah. Uh, I think I think it's going to be a one-run ball game. I don't see much separation here. I mean, I I, I think it's definitely going to be close, but I'm just going to go with uh, with the uh, with the Dodgers here. Just a more talented lineup. Is there an over/under on that game? Yes, there is. Let me pull that up. Here. Let's see the over/under for the Dodgers. I know the Dodgers are favored by a run and a half, I believe. Yeah, so they have it pretty tight too. Yeah, the Dodgers favored by a run and a half. It's usually what most baseball games are the lines at, and then the over under seven and a half. Okay, I, I like the under. See, I was thinking that too. I think one of the pitchers is going to blow up, though. I, I think it's going to be a pitcher duel for like four innings, five innings. But once it gets to that six inning lineup, start turning over for that third time around. I think one of the two pitchers, or even both, I, I think Bueller not going to get shelled, but give a couple, give up a couple runs. But I wouldn't be surprised if. If one of the pitchers kind of gets shelled there in the sixth, if they try to stretch it to the seventh, get shelled in that inning as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go over. Okay, so I, I'm gonna take the under. I like the I like the Rays, and I like them by a run. All right, I like the Dodgers. I like them by two runs, and I'm liking the over. All right, uh, I, think so, I think it's an eight-six ball game. Okay, so what, right. that, I'm guessing that starts at eight, right? Uh, 8 yeah, I think eight eight oh something. Yeah. It should be. Let's check it out. Yeah, I think it's eight. It's gonna be something. Eight twenty or eight oh two. It's gonna be something. Eight oh eight. Eight oh eight. Eight oh eight. That's such a weird start time. Can we talk about that yeah. for a second? I, why do they? Why do they do that? Like, it was eight eight o'clock not good enough? Eight twenty not good yeah, enough? Eight oh eight. Eight ten. You know. All right, guys. Either way, uh, tune in tonight. Eight oh eight. Eastern time, uh, and that will be Game Three of the World Series: Dodgers and Rays. Um, it should be a good one. Definitely going to be entertaining. But that's Absolutely, just yeah. that's just about all we have for our first segment here today. Um, when we get back with our second segment, you will get our predictions for Sunday. And uh, yeah, it should definitely be good. And our steroid discussion uh, yeah, cool. uh, with the MLB. So don't go anywhere. What's up, guys? It's the uh, boys here from The Issue. We just wanted to give the guys over at Rockville a formal shout-out. Yeah, they are fantastic. They have everything from lighting to audio for your car, your boat, and power sports, along with, you know, that's even where we got our new equipment for the studio. Yeah, no, absolutely. For some great equipment, um, hit up Rockville Audio. Check out their great prices um, for all your audio, uh, podcast, microphone needs. What's up, guys? We are back. It is segment two of the issue um, on October 23rd, and we have a pretty good segment coming up. We're going to get to all of our Sunday predictions um, and talk talk a lot of NFL this segment. So yeah, yeah. If, a lot of NFL, and then we'll finish it up with a little MLB steroid yes. um, discussion. But, yeah, I mean, without further ado, let's just jump into, you know, one of my favorite uh, – things to do especially you know on a friday predict for sunday absolutely but before look ahead at the games that are going to be on right right before we do that though i do want to say just in case you're just joining us uh earlier in the episode in our first segment we went over all of our thoughts from thursday night football uh tim had a rant and we also covered the mlb you know the world series 
and uh, and just hit some some basic sports news. But uh, here in the second segment, like you said, without further ado, let's just hop right into it. Sunday predictions, Tim. What game we're gonna go over first? All right, let's go Panthers and Saints. I thought it was a uh, a very very interesting game. Um, I have it listed as one of my games to watch. I just think you know Teddy Bridgewater going to New Orleans, his former team, um, it, playing probably a more talented Saints team. Uh, you know, versus the rebuilding Carolina. So it, it's going to be interesting. We're going to see if the Saints can kind of get it rolling, or is Carolina going to kind of stick it to them and say, uh, you know, we could be a legit team. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be really interesting. The line is uh, seven to, to uh, New Orleans, and the over-under is 50 and a half. Okay. Who do you like? This is tough for me. I think, um, I think I'm going to go with the Saints. I think the genius of Sean Payton is going to kind of show through here against Teddy Bridgewater and a, and a young uh, first-year head coach. I think it's going to be an experience thing okay. this week. Um, the Saints favored by seven. I don't think they cover. I think it's a close game. I think it's a, a four-point game probably. Um, I'm going to go with the over. Okay. Yeah, I lot. So I'm going to go like 31-27. Okay. Saints on that one. I like. Um, oh wait, no. Yeah, yeah, it is the over. Wow. Yeah. I like the Saints too. Uh, I like the Saints by a field goal. A okay. field goal at most, I think, is all that's it. Yeah. I think that's going to be the biggest separation we see here. I could honestly see this being a one-two-three-point game. Yeah, um, I just think the Panthers are a very competitive team. That's what no I mean. Matter, you know, win lose, they're always right there in it. I mean, I remember preseason we were talking, and you said that you see the Panthers being a team that could pull off a lot of really tough yeah, upset scrappy, games not not, exa- games. not exactly upset games but just almost uh, you know season ruiners once we like once we get into like you know you need this team to lose to make the playoffs or like like yeah. it happens in Pittsburgh every year somehow how it's like yeah. well if the Steelers want to make the playoffs they have to win the three out of their next four games the Browns have to lose two out of the next four but then they also have to win the third one in Seattle <laughs> and it's like what so yeah. you can I, I mean I remember preseason we were talking and you said that uh, that you think yeah, Carolina could little, definitely little ruin some chances yeah yeah so, no, I agree I think this is one of those games where the Saints if they don't win they're gonna look back and say like that's a game that we gotta win yeah you know? yep. like if they don't end up making it or if at the end of the year they're fighting a little bit they could look back and say that's that's the game we needed right there right all right who we got next um all right next game here another I'm gonna do like my. The first five we're going to go over are what I would call the games to watch, right? So we'll go here, Tampa at Vegas. Ooh. Um, I think, you know, Vegas at home, probably a little bit better of a team. I think, you know, this is a big, you know, tell game both ways. Um, so Tampa, are, are they going to be legit? Can they beat, you know, because if they lose, they, some serious legitimacy, you know, issues and discussions come up with that team. Um, but if they win, you know, they, they hold the momentum um, but if Vegas wins, they're a legit team. Right now, they're kind of on the border. They're three and two. If they can knock off Patrick Mahomes and go knock off Tom Brady, uh, I would call them a pretty legit team. Yeah. So if they can get a huge win off a bye against a real contender, we're gonna see. It'll be interesting, man. I mean, I I I'm taking Tampa though. You're gonna take Tampa. All right. Yeah, Tampa is favored by four. Mm, I think... um, and the over under is fifty two and a half. I like the over. Uh, I like the, I like the, I like the under. I think the defense of the Tampa Bay Bucks is gonna, I think it's gonna hold the Raiders to 
like 22, 23 points. Okay. Um, and I, I like Tampa to throw up, you know, 27. So. That would be the over. That'd be the under. Would it be? 27. 52 and a half, yeah. Oh, yes, it would. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the over, but I don't like Tampa to cover that. I think it'll be a lot closer. I do like Tampa to cover as well. Like I said, I think it's going to be like a like a 27-22, you know, 27-21 football game. So I'll take the Bucks to cover, and I like the under. Well, we shall see. Yes, um, we shall. All right, I'm going to go here to um, let's go San Fran at New England. Mm. Um, so here's my take on it. You know, it's a, it's a beat-up uh, San Fran team that's starting to get a little bit healthy, right? Um, and then New England's trying to find its groove, trying to get back in, into the groove of things. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I mean, you look at the line, though. That's what's interesting to me. New England's favored by two and a half points. Oh. And I think that's all Bill Belichick. All of it. You know, normally the home crowd in New England can grab you a couple points on the spread. Um, but, oh, there's no fans. And if there are, there's like 5,000 fans. And people are like, oh, well, it's, it's going to be chilly and it's a West Coast team. I mean, I guess a little bit with the travel, but it's going to be sunny and 55. Might drop down to like 45 by the end of the game. In pads, run around, they'll be fine. It's not snowing. Yeah. Um, but I think it's. I think that line is all Bill Belichick. You know, he's going to go against uh, going against assistants. I don't remember the uh, his record. Like former assistants, he's like hundred something and like two. I, I don't even know. It's insane. He like doesn't lose to his assistants. Well, could you imagine a former quarterback? You know, I think I think Bill Belichick knows Jimmy Garoppolo better than Jimmy knows himself. Yeah. Um, so I would sit Jimmy Garoppolo in fantasy, but. Bill Belichick's a beast, and they, I think it's a seventeen-point win for New England. Okay, I think it's. I think that this is like one of my bold picks here. Um, let's see what the actual line. The line is two and a half to New England, and the over/under is forty-four. I think this is a seventeen-point win for New England. I think it's a twenty-seven ten game. I think they hold Garoppolo, force him throw probably two picks. Stephon Gilmore's probably got a pick, maybe even a pick six. Cam's going to be just good enough to win. Um, I'll take the under, and I'll take New England by a lot. Yeah, um, okay. I do like the under, and I like New England to win. I like him by maybe 10 to 10-ish points. Um, okay, so you, you kind of see what I'm saying. Yeah, I, just because, and this is why, because of the injuries to San Fran. All right. We well, got yeah, no, no Nick Bosa. Uh, Eric Armstead's gone um, on the front. What DeForest Buckner got traded, uh, Eric Armstead's hurt. Yeah. And they're missing a lot of guys. But this, Sherman, I don't think, is playing. This is what I also feel. I think that the Patriots will come out of this game and they'll win big. And I think everybody will blow up in the in the media and, oh my God, Cam Newton and the Patriots, I, they're a serious contender for this, for this Super Bowl this year. Just because of one big win against the a very good opponent if they weren't as injured as they are. But I think people are going to read too deep into it. Um, I'd like to see them beat a better opponent by that amount of points before we start getting Yeah, into I, I agree. I don't think they're going to be like, you know, a contender if they win this. But this but game. you know if they win by 10 to 17 points, it, it's going to oh, be yeah. something that comes up against especially against a uh, 49ers team. Oh, absolutely. I I agree. Um, usually we save the Steelers game for last, but I think it's it's one of my games to watch here. Pittsburgh at Tennessee, the two undefeated teams, two of probably arguably the top four, two of the top four teams in the AFC. Mm-hmm. I would say you could probably put KC and Baltimore in that, but I mean it's close. Yeah, 
Um, so Pittsburgh and Tennessee, I think that's going to be, I think it's going to be crazy. Um, the line is Tennessee favored by two, and the over-under is 51. Hmm. Okay. See, I think the Steelers win. And hopefully, as unbiased as I can say, I just think it's simply because we have the better defense. The yeah. Titans defense is ranked roughly like 27th, 28th in the league. Mm-hmm. I think Big Ben with his experience and then him him and all the receivers click on all cylinders. Um, I think I think that's a win. I think it's a I think they only win by like three. It's going to be really, really close, but I like the Steelers. I like the Steelers too, but it's been a game that, uh, that I'm kind of nervous for. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. As a Pittsburgh fan, you sh- probably should be. Yeah. I mean, I really, really, really like the Steelers' defense, and that is, like you said, probably one of the only reasons I'm picking Pittsburgh to win this game uh, because I think they will be able to hold Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill in check, and holding Derrick Henry in check is the secret to winning the game. That is the key. That's the key to winning because if you can limit Derrick Henry, that means Tannehill's going to drop back more and more and more. And what do we say about Tannehill? Tannehill thrives when he has to drop back 26 to 30 times a game. So if the Steelers can really key and those linebackers in that front four can really key on stopping the run first, I think that solves a lot of the Steelers' problems that they could see in this in, later in the game. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a classic um, bend, don't break type of type of thing. Yep. I think, yeah, I think the Steelers, you look up, they might give up 450 yards. I wouldn't be surprised. But in the red zone, if we could force some field goals and when their defense isn't as good in the red zone, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we can hold them to some to some field goals and then we can score touchdowns, I think that'll be the difference. I think it's going to be decently high scoring. I would go 28-24, 28, 28-23 28, Steelers. Okay. What's the over Something under? like that. Uh, 51. Yeah, I like the under. Yeah, I think I think mine was just slightly over. Yeah. I, I like the so under. So I'm going to go 20, yeah, I'm going to go 28-24 Steelers. Mm, no, I gotta read. Yeah, I'm gonna go 28 to 25 Steelers. That's gonna be a weird number. Um, so I, I, I'm taking the over, but just barely. Okay. Um, all right. So that's those are all the games to watch here. So we can kind of just go through the other ones, um, which still some good games, but not as intriguing. Um, we'll go the four one Packers um, going to Houston, one and five. Um, Texans trying to get some wins here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll I've, give you some lines here. Green Bay is favored by three and a half. Over under is fifty seven. I like Green Bay. I don't. Yeah, think. I think I, I think people are going to overreact here and um, put some scratch down on on Houston. Uh, I think Green Bay is still a top six team in the league. Yeah. No, yeah. The thing about top, this game, top eight. The thing about this game and that I've been thinking about recently, too, is how we were talking about in, on our Wednesday episode in, in our quarterback tiers. Go back and listen to Wednesday if you haven't yet. Um, but we discussed Deshaun Watson a good a good bit. Um, and we talked about, you know, to move him up to that next tier, we're going to need to start seeing him get some wins. Um, yeah. But this is just one of those weeks where... He's just probably not going to get it. I mean, we broke. Man, we, it's like hard to to hold this one against him. You know what I mean? That's bro? what I mean. I mean, we just broke down the Green Bay film, 
I think on Monday's episode, right? Yeah, on Monday. That was last Friday, maybe. Was it? Okay. Either way, we broke down Green Bay's film, and we've been talking a lot about Deshaun. So both teams have kind of come up here a good bit on, on the show. I like Green Bay. I mean, you just... I do, too. It's really, 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 really hard to give Deshaun Watson and the Texans that win against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I agree. It's just a more talented roster. Yes. Um, I'd say Green Bay probably wins by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I'm gonna go under fifty seven is pretty high. Yeah, I think it's probably a, a twenty five seventeen game. Okay, I don't think it's that high scoring. Uh, yeah, I like the under too. I mean, fifty seven is a lot of points. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Football Team. I don't even you know. know. It's funny. The line on this corner of Fox Bet is even. I was just about to say, I started laughing when you started reading uh, this game because I, I was about to say, I don't know who to pick. <laughs> They're both so bad. I'll take the Cowboys. I think Andy Dalton's still decent. I think they have the better team. Yeah. I would say Washington's better coached, but I'll, I'll take my chances that Talon's going to win out here. But, Lord, the over-under is 44.5. Uh, I'm going to go with the over. Cowboys defense. It's it is interesting though because the offense of Washington is really bad versus a really bad offense or really bad defense in the Cowboys. So it's bad against bad. Mm-hmm. And then the Cowboys offense is pretty decent. And then the Washington football team's defense pretty decent decent. So it's gonna be evenly matched on both sides of the football, but they're both just bad teams. It'll be weird. And I have actually have a question for you too. Uh just wanted your opinion on it. There's things that, you know, came to me during my work day. Um, so I was thinking about Dallas and I was thinking about this game and and since we didn't have preseason, we didn't have OTAs, right? So you don't know, I mean, usually everybody, if you listen to the show regularly, you know, Ben DiNucci, uh, drafted the Cowboys this past year out of JMU. Um, you know, he's now their backup now that Dak was hurt. Second string guy. Yeah. He's, he's QB two now. Um, do you see, um, I mean, there was a lot of hype around him in Dallas, uh, when he got drafted and there were analysts that were, you know, the typical analyst thing. I think he's the next Tony Romo, but it yeah. could, I mean, could be true. We've seen guys from small schools come out and pop, but I'm not ready to say that. Um, yeah. do you think in his, in a year like this, where we didn't have preseason, where usually he would have at least got some time. So they would have been able to see him. Um, if this season starts to get out of hand, division they start to fall th- down through the division a little bit. Do you see him maybe getting a start or at least some playing time during one of the games to at least test him out? I wouldn't a little be bit? surprised if he got some playing time. Yeah, you know, knowing that Andy Dalton's your your now your only viable like real real viable option at quarterback, yeah. like proven proven option. Um, you know, if they're winning big in the fourth, which I mean that might never happen, but if it does, maybe even this week it could. Mm-hmm. See, this game could really go either way. I think it's either going to be close or someone's going to just... Um, so, I mean, if they are up by a lot, I wouldn't be surprised to see them get a couple drives. Yeah. Well, I think that would be interesting to see. I mean, especially since we, you know, graduated from the same yeah. high school as them. So, it, yeah, it would definitely be pretty cool. Uh, but I like Dallas in this game. Uh, yeah, I like Dallas. I'll take Dallas. Not by much, though. I'm saying a field goal. <laughs> Maybe even less. Yeah, like I said, it could be a big margin or, or a slim margin. We'll see. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go Lions and Falcons, and they're kind of a stinker bowl here as well. Two and three Lions, one and five Falcons. 
Um, I never bet against. I never bet for Atlanta. I'll take. I'll take the Lions. I don't care if I'm right. <laughs> I was just about to say. I'm I never, guess for I'm never moral, picking Atlanta. for my sanity, I can't pick the Falcons because if they don't hit, um, I'm gonna flip. So <laughs> yeah, I don't. I we'll don't, go with Detroit. I don't care if the Falcons were playing. Um, a middle school fo- a middle school football team. I would probably yeah. still take the middle school well, football team. Yeah, the Jets wasn't that far off. <laughs> <laughs> the Jets. Uh, let's uh, let's put them against. Uh, I, I'd like to see the Jets play like a top. Like, I'd like to see the Jets play like IMG Academy and see what happens. Wouldn't that be weird? I don't. You know, I think that would be an insane blowout. But I think it'd be cool to see them against like Clemson or Alabama. Yeah, that would actually be pretty entertaining. That's like, what they should that put would on. Be... You know what? Screw the, like the usual Thanksgiving Day games that we get this year. Let's see Clemson versus the New York Jets on on Thanksgiving Day. I'm, I'm making I that call right that now. I think that a pay per view that would draw more than any other event probably like ever so far. Yeah, like it, seriously, realistically, it would. <laughs> I think so. That would be just be really crazy to see. They should let us run, um, you know, something to, in sports. A network. They should let us, you know. They should we let should us be the commissioner of all sports. Yeah, I think honestly that would probably be a pretty good uh, business decision if they uh, appointed <laughs> us. But uh, what game? What um, game right, are we so going anyway, to This game, Atlanta's favored by two and a half. I'll take Detroit. Mm-hmm. Like um, over under fifty four and a half. I'll take the over, but defenses are terrible. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on here. Let's go with the Bills at the Jets. Buffalo is favored by 10 points. And uh, over under is 46. I will take the under because I think the Bills hold the Jets to one touchdown. And I think the Bills probably score like four and some change. So I'll go 34 to, to seven. I think yeah. the Bills win. Yeah. I like the Bills. Um, I think the backups come in at, at the start of the third quarter, honestly. Yeah, the Jets are so bad, and I think this can be a really, really good rebound for the Bills. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, all right, let's see here. Let's go the Browns at the Bengals. Um, Cleveland's favored by three and a half. That's, and that, that's, that's kind of low. That's tighter than I would think. Yeah, and the over-under is 50 and a half. Um, I'm going to take the over. I know that for sure because neither defense is really good. No. And I think but I think both quarterbacks should be able to kind of sling it around a little bit. Yeah. Um, I like – I thought this was going to be a good bounce back game for, for the Browns, honestly. I agree. I think they're going to be able to come in, play their style Run of football, football, just get back to what they've been doing well this season against a rookie quarterback and, a, 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 let's be honest, a terrible team. Yeah. Um. So, I, I like the Browns by a, a touchdown. I like them by seven. Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, I like them by a touchdown. I can see that. Yeah. Um, fifty and a half. I'll probably take the under. I think. Um, I think the Browns are going to try to run the football, chew some clock, kind of shorten the game a little bit. I don't think there's going to be that many possessions to be had. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like um, the so over. I would say you like the over. I do. All right. I like it because, I mean, look at all the other games that Cleveland has played in besides Pittsburgh. Look how many points they've been able to put up. And, you know, the Bengals don't have a great defense. But Joe Burrow. Yeah, and then Joe Burrow has been able to, you know, sling the ball around a good bit. So I, Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see how, how that could be, you know. I like the over. It's definitely valid. I, I, I think under because I just think Cleveland's going to run the football, kind of take the air out of it. Okay. And get, like you said, get back to what they do. Yeah. 
I think. Um, all right, let's go here to the next game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go KC. Uh, so the Chiefs traveled a mile high. Um, KC's favored by seven and a half. And oh. the over under is 44 and a half, which is pretty low. Yeah, I like uh, I like the over. I like KC, and I like KC to cover. I mean, I, I could not agree more. I just think Drew Locke looked really, really bad against the Patriots last week. Yeah, he didn't look good. And they don't really have a lot of other guys. Melvin Gordon is coming back though, so I think it is going to be like a ten to thirteen point game. I don't think it's a huge blowout, um, but we'll see. You know. Quick question for you: Is McCaffrey back this week yet? No, I don't no. think so. Uh, I can check though. Let's check. I, I mean, obviously Gordon's back. I have him on my team now. Um, I picked up Carson Wentz, so he he dropped about thirty-one last night. So that was pretty good. Dang. Um. Yeah, but let's check on Christian McCaffrey. He is not slated to return in Week Seven, so that's great. Yeah, that hurts. But I mean, yeah, he should be well, back next week, hopefully. Is what it is. I mean, the lineup's looking decent for this week. We got, like I said, Wentz. Kind of did good. Um, Gordon's coming back. I got Hopkins, Debo Samuel. I pick up J.D. McKissick, the running back. What are the projections? You know, Hunter Henry, Stephon Diggs, Robbie Anderson, Steelers defense. What are the projections so, for this week for you? Um, I, well, I was slated to lose, but then once um, once Carson Wentz dropped 31 points, I moved up to a 51% chance to win. I'm projected 140 points, and my uh, opponent is projected 137, so... Dang. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, we should honestly maybe think about next year. You know, it'll be year two. Yeah, yeah. it'll be our first full year that we would have had under our belt um, in podcasting. We should think about getting a, the Issue Podcast uh, Fantasy League going, maybe. Yeah, get some fans in there, huh? We should. We, th- we should honestly think about doing that. Yeah, you never know. It'd be fun. Um, moving on, though, All right. what game? Yeah, uh, the Jaguars and the Chargers. Another terrible game, but of equally, you know, record-wise, Jaguars are one and five, Chargers one and four. Yeah. Um, but I do Chargers are favored by seven and a half. They're a really, really good one and four team. I'll give them that. They're favored by seven and a half. I think rightfully so. I think Justin Herbert's going to light it up, um, but I think he's also going to show a bit of efficiency here. I'm going to go with. I'm going to predict his stat line for you. Okay, go I'm ahead. Twenty-three of thirty-one for two eighty-three. Three touchdowns, no picks, runs in another touchdown. Okay, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Should I, should I write that down? Yeah, write it down. Write All it right, down. I'm gonna write it down. So let's see here. So we have Herbert's stat line. <laughs> if you get this right, I'm never talking to you again. Well, I mean, I don't think I'll get it all right, but if I get it close, I'll like it. <laughs> So wait, what do you say? How many touchdowns do you get to throw for? 23 for 31 for 283, three TDs, and that's said he's going to run in another one. Dang, so you're like projecting him to have like the best game he's ever had. I mean, he had four touchdowns just through the air against um, New Orleans, so. All right. I think he's going to have a really good game. I think the Jaguars are going to be bad. I think the Chargers win by... Seventeen. I was literally just about 16. to say. I was literally just about to say fifteen. All right. So yeah. Um, over under is forty nine. What are you thinking? Over. 
I like the over. The over, yeah, I'm gonna go the over as well. I think Minshew will put up like a couple touchdowns. You know, he hasn't. I think he's gonna throw a couple picks though. It's gonna be bad. Yeah, I mean, aside from the picks, he hasn't looked terrible this year. He has. You no, know. he's not that bad. I mean, I'll pull up his stats right now. There are trust me, there are worse quarterbacks in the league. Oh, there's a lot worse like, quarterbacks. Like worse, league. like way worse. Um, let's see here. So we got Gardner Minshew. I mean, look here, I mean, 1,700 yards, 11 touchdowns, 5 picks. That's Jared Goff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I like Jared Goff. Yeah. So, it's I mean, just, that's... It's just yeah. Jared Goff without any pieces surrounding him whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. aside so, from... I mean, Mitch has been decently impressive, so I, but I do like the Chargers for sure. Yeah, I like the Chargers, I think. Um, all right, let's go on here to uh, the uh, Sunday night game. Yeah, let's get into it. What is it? We got ourselves um, Seattle at, I believe, Arizona. And I, this is interesting, though. This is interesting because Seattle is really, really good, and I like Russ a lot. And I wouldn't bet against Russ, so I'm still going to take Seattle, but I'm just saying this is probably going to be one of the best games because Seattle doesn't have a great defense. And you know who has a pretty good offense? Arizona. Oh, aside, yeah. aside from Kyler's terrible throwing of the football, um, that we saw yeah, I mean, last recently, week. but I think he'll get back to, to form. What do you think? What do you think this game looks um, like? This definitely has upset potential. I think that's why the line's only three and a half for Seattle. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Seattle, though. I think Russ is just a baller against a bad defense. Um, so that's the thing. It's two really good offenses versus two really bad defenses. So the over on 55 and a half is a no-brainer. And, I'll, yeah, I'll take Seattle – Three-and-a-half point spread. I think Russ – yeah, I'll take I'll take the I'll take the points there. I think it's, I think it's a five, six-point six football game maybe. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it could easily be like a 37-31 game. I could see that. I like – I like Seattle. I like Seattle by a field goal. Um, okay, yeah. I don't doubt Russ at all. I think he's honestly – if not the best, the second best quarterback in the league. Um, I, I have to go Seattle, but I really think that Kyler is going to make it close. I think I he's going to play a really good game. Upset potential written all over it for I, sure. I think so too. I think Kyler is going to play a really good game against a really not great defense in, in Seattle. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's about it for Sunday. Um, but we could get into our discussion now, yeah? Yeah, let's go. All right, so, you know, I, I was just curious, you know, and I figured it'd be something cool to talk about. I saw that Gary Sheffield, according to Yahoo Sports, um, says that the MLB should embrace the steroid-era um, players, you know, and even going forward, he said, um, look, Henry Aaron admitted to PED, the Barry Bonds, isn't in the Hall of Fame when he's twice the player. I mean, that's a lot of talk. He said in the steroid era, um, guys would come back from some of these injuries in absolutely no time, and that was part of the fan experience. Some of that could have been from the steroids and making your body feel better, and we saw that with D. Gordon when he tested pauses maybe three or four years ago. So it sounds like he is supporting um, steroid use and things that uh, it shouldn't matter when you're getting into the Hall of Fame. So the question is, what do you think? Hmm. See, this is this is kind of a strange debate. 
Um, I think it's going to be one of those age-old debates that really doesn't go away for a long time. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, both of us grew up playing baseball, right? Yeah. Hold up here. I just got to... Sorry, the uh, phone started to uh, cut out a little bit. We're losing losing power. But um, I, this is one of those things. We both grew up playing baseball. Uh, we grew up around the game. We grew up, I mean, you know, in a community where we Breathing had... Breathing baseball, yeah. Where, you know, baseball was literally your life in the summer. Um. And I've had a lot of coaches that have played at the Division One and even professional level, and uh, I've definitely had some insight into what the MLB locker room looks like and that a lot of guys currently in the MLB are still using PEDs. Yeah. Um, it's cheating. It's a matter of getting caught. It's, yes, so, yeah, it, I It agree. is cheating. I don't. Can I like? I'm not ever gonna sit here and say, "Oh, well, I think steroids should be legal." I think that sometimes you get the the false positives that will screw somebody's career up, give them that black eye. But I don't think that. I don't think that if you if you were caught using performance enhancing drugs, and you were and you were taking their steroids knowingly, and putting up just absolutely insane numbers. And then expect to go ahead and get and just you know go ahead right into the uh, right into the Hall of Fame there with I, yeah. with no repercussions for for cheating like that would be you know what I mean like I think the thing is for me I don't think that um, it should ever like you know be legal like you said you know mm-hmm. just allowed to happen but at the same time I don't think they I don't, you know. I don't think they should be in the Hall of Fame. Let's just answer that first and foremost. Yeah, no Hall of Fame. I don't think they should be allowed in the Hall of Fame, and here's why. I'm not going to hold it really too, too much against you. If you want to do them, fine. I think the stats should still be valid, Mm -hmm. because I think it still takes a certain amount of skill to achieve that. I do still think that punishment should be a thing. I don't know if it should be, you know, lifetime bans and and 180-game suspensions, stuff like that, but, you know, some punishment should definitely be there. Absolutely. Because in my opinion, I think what you sacrifice when you take, when you, you know, use that needle or when you take the pill or whatever you, however you do, um, I think the sacrifice is, is your immortality of being enshrined into the Baseball Hall of Fame to get a spot in history forever um, in baseball in that, like, sacred level of players, right? So I think that's what you sacrifice when when that happens, I or when you when you decide to do that, and I think that in return, I guess you would get like a legacy, but it's just all about the legacy that that they want. Right. I I would really. Hmm. The Hall of Fame is for people that are baseball's best names to showcase and show off for the, for the rest of forever. And if you can yep. if you can make it to Cooperstown, New York. And you are in the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. You were one of the best to ever play the game ever on the planet. I agree. I don't think that you should be crowding the Hall of Fame with people that... Have, needed the help up. That needed the help. You know, we talk you about... You still give them a little bit of credit, but you're right. We shouldn't be awarding them to that level. Right. We always talk about, we always talk about in, in our quarterback tiers... 
to be in the game changer level, you better not need any help, right? You better yeah. be the best. You better be able to put the team on your back, carry them to uh, a win a, a championship, whatever it may be. But you don't need things to go your way. You don't need any extra help. That's yeah, what, I agree. And that's I, what the Hall of you Fame. Look at our, you look at our tiers. The guys we have in that game changer category are exactly what you're describing: Hall of Famers. Yeah. You know, look at the guys that we have it in now. So we have Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I think Russell Wilson's already, if he retired tomorrow, would be in the Hall of Fame. Same with Aaron Rodgers. And I think we see the same talent and upside to Mahomes that is going to get him there. Exactly. And that's why I don't think you can put the guy who has used steroids knowingly into the Hall of Fame. I, I agree. Um, because he needed that help to get there. That would have to be the category lower. Like you said, you still get the legacy from it, but I don't think that you should be awarded that spot in the Hall of Fame if you have been caught using steroids. I couldn't agree more. But, yeah, that's all I really got to say on it. Um, I just think if you use steroids, that's your your, your punishment for doing that is obviously the suspension, all that, and then your, your lack of being immortal inside the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe, I guess maybe your name could be, um, you know, immortal kind of, uh, when you when you talk about legacies, maybe. I don't think a lot of people are going to forget Barry Bonds. Um, but at the same time, he's not forever enshrined in there. Yeah. So I think that's just, that's the price you pay. Right. Now, what do you think, going kind of piggybacking off that real quick here, Pete Rose. So he didn't do steroids. So didn't he bet on his, on his team or something like that, or something yes. like that? Yeah. So what do you think there? I think if, if you didn't use steroids, you should still be allowed into the Hall of Fame. I agree. I agree more. Or I, I agree. I agree with you. Um, I don't. I don't think. Okay. Yeah. So Pete Rose um, was penalized with permanent ineligibility from baseball amidst accusations that he gambled on baseball games while he played and managed for the Reds. The charges of wrongdoing included claims that he bet on his own team. So I don't think that that should keep him out of the Hall of Fame. No, yeah, I think that's incredibly stupid that that would keep that him out of the Hall of Fame. I mean, did it that give, didn't really did it give, him, give him an upper hand. Did it give him any type of advantage? Competitive advantage? No. Then he's fine to go to the Hall of Fame. In my I mean, opinion. maybe a little extra you know, motivation. He's got some of his own money riding on his own at-bats, but hey, like whatever. That's not illegal. If that's it, not that's not against the rules. If it did not hurt or if it did not help his own performance, then I think it's fine. I, I could not agree and, more. And what just, do you think is gonna happen with the Astros players then? Well, I mean that's something to what Say do you Jose think? Altuve, you know, he's on he's on pace to probably get in. What do you think? Stats that he's gonna accumulate. You could turn it right back around and say, Okay, what about Tom Brady, right? There's been Accusations exactly. of him cheating, right? So where does he go, or how does that fall into place? I think I without definitive evidence, you can't keep somebody out of the Hall of Fame. Without a definitive, you can't deny it evidence. You can't keep someone out of the Hall of Fame. I agree. Like Tom Brady, if if they're gonna sit back someday, well, you know, Deflate Gate, and uh, it doesn't. Do you have? The, ev- the convicting the thing is with him though it. is like he won without it too. Yes, I mean he has six rings. What are you gonna do? So yeah, I don't know. I think this. I like this segment though. I definitely think we should do this more often to finish oh, out yeah. shows with a, with a nice. I mean, there are so many. That website that I was on, Bleacher Report. Um, he had there was twenty five, um, twenty five like on never ending sports 
discussion. So yeah, well, know. we should definitely do more of these. But I think that's just about it for today, right? That is all I got. All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you are going to our social media. Uh, checking out what we got over there. I know we're going to start posting more graphics soon, especially yeah, with our QB tiers. Um, got the Apple Pencil. We'll see how that goes, you know? Right. Uh, so head on over to our Instagram, at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter is just at the issue podcast. Uh, we're tweeting on there a good bit, and uh, we'll be posting on Instagram uh, more and more coming up. Probably by here. tomorrow. Yeah. So, uh, guys, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for sticking around. And that was The Issue.